Welcome to the Business of Race podcast, where we discuss issues of race and racism, how they impact business, and what organizations can do to effectively address those issues to create a healthier work environment for everyone. I'm your host, Regina Newkirk-Rucci, the Director of Equity for 90 Forward, a racial justice and equity nonprofit based in Jacksonville, Florida. And today we are taking the conference room on the road. So we are in the beautiful city of Tampa, where I am joined by Meralis Hood, who is the CEO of e for all And I really want to let you tell us a little bit more about what e for all does before we get to the agenda item for today. Yeah, happy to. First of all, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to meet you and to get to know your work. Uh, really inspired. Uh, so e for all is an economic and social accelerator program, and we work towards inclusive entrepreneurship in our communities. And what that means is that we are inclusive in the way that we recruit potential entrepreneurs in our communities, focusing on women, immigrants, and black and brown communities. And what we do is we put them through a year-long accelerator program where they actually learn all the things they need to learn, uh, whether it's accounting, marketing, web design, uh, and also build that network with each other and have mentorship throughout the year as well. And then at the end of the year, we have a little bit of a pitch contest and uh, enjoy giving them some seed money for their businesses. Oh, that's wonderful. And So ties right into our agenda topic today, Mm -hmm. and that is how employees, employers can work with minority owned businesses as far as their diversity efforts. And on the flip side, for people who might be interested in starting a business, some advice for that. Yeah. So So we got two agenda topics. I love that. I love that. So much to talk about there. So much. So let's start with the employer. So. I know a lot of people, especially in the wake of George Floyd's murder, have really put a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging initiatives at the top of their list and wanting to delve into um, being more equitable in, in addressing issues of race. And I think this is one that's actually a pretty easy one. Yeah, I think so, too. Right. <laughs> um, but oftentimes a lot of employers don't think about it because we've do business with who we do business with Mm -hmm. and we are getting these discounts and we've got these arrangements and they've been good for us, et cetera. But what are some reasons why employers should be thinking about working with minority owned businesses? Yeah, I think, you know, the very first reason is that we all benefit from thriving communities. We all benefit when people start their own businesses. So last year at E4All, just in one year, the businesses that we helped get off the ground developed, generated over $54 million in revenue in one year. Wow. Right. So we're generating businesses. They started and they helped support over 1,700 jobs in one year. Right. We're creating jobs. We're generating revenue. When you have a community where entrepreneurs are being successful, those entrepreneurs are more likely to get engaged. They're more likely to use your business, your bank, your insurance company. Uh, so they're actually probably your customers already. <laughs> if you're a large corporation and you think they're not, then you might want to rethink who your customer base is because they're already participating in your success. There's no reason why you shouldn't participate in theirs. Right. And I think that, again, if you're talking about the corporate values, right? Yeah. And this is a corporate value. This is a way that you can demonstrate that. We are working with locally based 
minority-owned businesses in our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so that's really kind of easy. Like, I think a a no-brainer. Yeah. Right? Um, But what are some things that I think uh, are particular... So how how would I go about finding minority-owned businesses or... um, what do I need to think about in the contract process or even um, how I go about interviewing uh, potential suppliers and, and um, providers of services? What are some things that I need to think about that are going to make it more likely for me to get really good quality minority owned businesses that are going to be able to provide the services that I need? Yeah, this is really interesting. I was just talking to somebody the other day and uh, he's the CEO of a larger uh organization. And he told his team, I want, we're, we're going to plan an event and I just want to use E for all businesses. Right. And his team came back and they went and they looked for some things and they came back with the list of the vendors for the event and E for all businesses were not on there. And he was like, I thought I said, <laughs> we're going to use all E for all businesses. And they said, well, the, you know, they can't really manage the capacity that we ha- that we need. Right. We're going to have this large scale event with thousands of people and some of these smaller businesses can't meet that capacity. And I think that's so interesting. I thought that was such an interesting moment because what he said was, well, then we're, we're going to help them meet that capacity. And A, how do we know that they can't meet the capacity that we're, that we're used to? And B, how about we figure out what it, what it is that they're facing and we support them in that. And I think that's, that was just such a seminal conversation for me to have with him to see the way that he's actually holding himself accountable for saying, well, let's think about our expectations. It's not that we're lowering expectations so that we can work with minority owned businesses. Cause uh, you know, I'm Puerto Rican and I will say our communities are what I believe are some of the most creative, brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's just nothing that we haven't touched in music, art, culture, fashion uh, that we haven't really come up with. And so I think the creativity is there. The work ethic is there. The community is there. And it's not about lowering your expectations. It's about thinking about why your expectations are what they are. Right. Right. And so when you're really thinking about that as a corporate organization, what are your expectations of a vendor and why? And is that really a need? Right. Right. And so what what is it that you're looking for? Well, and I think you brought up two interesting points because I know um, when I worked in banking, we did a lot of work with minority owned businesses. Yeah. And that was one of the areas that I was responsible for. And there did come up the questions of capacity mm-hmm. and experience. Right. They're, they're really new. Uh, we don't know if they can handle it. And we're like, well. They're not going to be able to handle it until they have a chance until to handle, they handle it, it. right? <laughs> uh, we, we have to see. And so I think there is that we have to give people that opportunity and have the conversation. Um, but there's also the issue of capacity and can they handle um, an organization as big as ours? And so I think, number one, you do have to have the conversation. Don't assume yep. because they're small or because they're new that they can't do it. But I also think we had to think about things differently. So, for instance, uh, one of the contracts we had was for was a catering contract. We had a new vendor. They were really good and we wanted to support them and get them to the point where they could do that. But they couldn't do the full service work that we needed. But they could do the desserts for us. Right. And what that allowed them to do with that contract was to build the business, to hire more people and then Come three years later, hey, 
they're in a position where they're providing all of those meals for us. So I think that is a thing too, of maybe thinking about some different ways that you can structure some contracts to allow some smaller businesses that need that opportunity, that chance to prove themselves um, and give them that uh, chance to grow. Yeah. And I think, you know, mentorship is a big part of what we do at our organization. So when we partner with a corporation or a bank or a foundation, Obviously, they they provide sponsorship for our program because our program is at no cost to our entrepreneurs. So we don't take any kind of equity from their business. We don't charge them anything. It's completely at no cost to them, which I, I really like. Um, and it's different from other accelerator programs. But then our sponsors also get the opportunity to have their employees be mentors. And every single entrepreneur gets kind of like their own personal board of directors, if you will, of mentors, two to three mentors each for a year long relationship where you're meeting with them on a weekly basis and really having those mentors ask you the tough questions, walk you through some of these kind of broader issues that you might be facing. You bring challenges to them. They bring ideas to you and they, you know, every it's like iron sharpens iron kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. They push you, you push them. Um, and what we've heard from our mentors is it's, it's such a valuable experience for them. And they come back year after year. We've had mentors that have been with us since, you know, 12 years ago when we were founded. And what we've seen is that they really notice the willingness for our entrepreneurs to learn these strategies, to learn these ideas, to learn these tactics that might be embedded into some of the social contracts that we see uh, in places of wealth and privilege mm-hmm. and that you don't automatically talk about. Right. Right. <laughs> right? And so um, it's it's really, really great to see that learning that happens. Well, and I think it's really interesting that you bring up the issue of mentorship, because Mm -hmm. I do think that's another really great way for employers to plug in and support um, minority-owned businesses. But I would also contend that you need mentors, but you also need sponsors. Yes. We have, I just think about just in my general everyday going about I have been able to refer businesses that I've worked with to other people just in regular conversations. But this is a really great, uh, this is a black owned business. This is a Latinx owned business that we've worked with. That is really phenomenal. Here's a letter of reference for them, but you also need those sponsors, people who are talking up your business. And I think oftentimes we don't think about that. That's right. Um, one of the printing companies that we work with, they said, we don't do any advertising every piece. And they've been around for years. Every piece of business we get is by word of mouth and referrals. And that is how a lot of business comes to your door. And so to have some people in the business world who will vouch for you and promote you as an opportunity for other businesses is extremely important. And if you have the two together, and I also think lots of times people mix up mentors and sponsors and like, they're not the same thing. Yes. We should unpack that too. (laughs) So I love that you brought that up. A sponsor is so important. And you know, you're talking about word of mouth. I have a degree in advertising actually. Mm -hmm. And so I think advertising is important, but word of mouth is still barn on the top way that we find out about things and that we trust Mm -hmm. businesses. And I think it is important to build that word of mouth. And then I also think it's important for us to be able to teach entrepreneurs how to maintain and steward those relationships because the stewarding of the, you know, big relationship with the big corporation who said, Hey, can you do our desserts? Yeah. Well, you know what? Put a little pin in that and 
follow up with them in the next quarter. Mm -hmm. Are you having any events? By the way, I've got some new products. You know, put yourself out there a little bit too and build that. That confidence can be built over time. And I think that's important. Your sponsor will be your sponsor, but you also have to really make sure that relationship is there with them. And I mean, ultimately it's always about relationships. And I think- Every time. People overlook that so much and it is about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And relationships are two ways. So I think as we talk about employers, because I'm going to jump to um, minority-owned businesses in just a second. Mm-hmm. But as we talk about employers, what are some of those critical feedback and um, comments, relationship advice, those kinds of things that they should be looking to share with with uh, minority-owned businesses that they're working with, especially ones that are new or starting that growth process? Yeah, I mean, I think before I get to the advice, I'm, I'm a person that, even though I believe in mentorship, I think advice is a little tricky because everybody has sovereignty over their own lives. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that at E4All we're very clear about is the way we define success is the way each entrepreneur defines success. So how, how does that entrepreneur define success for themselves? Mm-hmm. Maybe success for me is, you know, $3 million in revenue. Maybe for the entrepreneur, it's six. <laughs> so, right, right. right. And so I think it's important for corporations to go in, in with that mindset of I'm going to make sure that whoever I'm mentoring, whoever I'm supporting in this area, if it's a small business and I want to give feedback, I really let them define success and I find out what that success is. Mm-hmm. That should be the jumping point for any kind of advice or any kind of support that you want to give after mm-hmm. that, because otherwise you might be talking about. You know, you might be coming at it from two different ways and you might say you need to spend, you know, $20,000 a year in marketing and that might not even get them to near their goal and what they think. So I think it's important to set a tone on what are the goals, what do they want to achieve, and then what are the specific questions they're grappling with? And then you come at it because if you just start giving advice, that's kind of like what you think they should do, you start pulling away their power a little bit. And that's actually the opposite of what we're trying to do. Very much so. Very much so. All right. So I want to switch lanes just a little bit. Um, And I want to talk about the actual minority owned businesses, right? I want to, uh, people of color who are like, "Eh, maybe entrepreneurship is right for me. What are some things you would advise for them to be looking at to just put their foot into the water and and start this process? Yeah, I I mean, I would start with really thinking about uh, kind of finding that perfect crossroads between what are you super passionate about? What can you do well? What's a skill that you have um, and how can you monetize it? (laughs) Right. Because the the idea is to figure out a way to monetize it and to build a business off of it. And that includes profit. Uh, We also have entrepreneurs that start nonprofit organizations as well. So I don't want to just stay on that side. But I think if you're if you're an entrepreneur that wants to get started, I would say start really looking for different avenues to grow your ideas and really find those mentors. E for all, obviously, is my favorite accelerator program. <laughs> and we're oh, gee, I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're in 12 communities across the country, but we're not in every community. But there are similar communities uh, that are similar organizations and communities that are doing what we're doing in terms or, you know, similar to what we're doing uh, that are trying to help entrepreneurs. This is a great time in this country to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because there are a lot of resources out there. Uh, Google is kind of your best friend. Uh, and really try to think about give yourself one piece of 
homework every day. My husband's a massage therapist uh, and he recently just started his own business. He just went out on his own. He's been a massage therapist for several years and it's kind of, you know, his dream to do the thing. And uh, he's he just gives himself like one homework every day. He's like, today I'm going to get, you know, my LLC. Tomorrow I'm going to get my EIN. You know, the next day I'm going to make sure I have my business account and just baby steps and really think, you know, what do I need to get toward that goal? And then also not being afraid to ask. You cannot be afraid to say out loud what it is that you want. And sometimes that is the scariest part. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just start putting that out into the ether because you're thinking, what if I fail? I opened a business um, in my early 30s. My cousin and I started a store and we failed miserably. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody knew about it, right? It wasn't like downtown on the square. Uh, We opened it. We had marketing. We had articles. We spent a lot of money. Um, But one of the things that we didn't do looking back is we really didn't get any advice from anybody. We were young and we kind of thought we knew it all. And we were like, yeah, I know fashion. You know fashion. I know fashion. I know how to count money. You know how to count money. We got this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is hard. Uh, And it was hard. It Mm -hmm. was hard. And when it got hard, we didn't seek advice. We didn't seek mentorship. We were embarrassed because it was hard. And we thought, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. And not even a year into it, we both kind of like threw our hands up and looking back, One thing that I wish we would have done is to seek out advice and be a little more brave with expressing ourselves. But well, and I think also that failure right gives you so much wisdom. Oh, and I think it's critical. You're gonna make mistakes. You're going to. How much can you learn from them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And then share that share that learning with other people as you go through this process. And the reality is, so e for all businesses, 70% of our, of our entrepreneurs are still in business three years after our accelerator, which is actually 8% above the national average. But that means there's 30%, right? I always think about those 30%. Right, right, right. That's a big number. (laughs) To me it is. And Mm -hmm. so I wonder about the the 30% and I just want to say to the 30%, don't be scared. It's going to be okay. Right. You know, you can start again, you can figure it out. You can learn from that opportunity, from that failure, if you will, and really use it as feedback and push you forward. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to sort of wrap things up, uh, you know, and this has been such a great conversation. And I think there's so many opportunities for businesses to work with minority owned businesses as a way to support diversity initiatives. But also there, as you said, this is a great time to become an entrepreneur, uh, you know, dig in. So we're going to switch it up just a little bit. Yeah. I always like to say, what's the big takeaway? But I'm going to give two takeaways. So what's your big takeaway from employers for this conversation? They heard one thing. This would be the one you want them to focus on. And what would you say is the big takeaway for people who are thinking about starting a business? Yeah, I think for employers, and this is a micro and a macro thing that you can do as an employer. I did this for myself. I would say, make yourself a list of all the things that you purchase throughout the year all the places that you spend money throughout the year as an employer uh, or as a person, (laughs) right? And start jotting down just next to that list. Where are you getting those things? Where are you purchasing those things? And give yourself a goal. If you could take that list and even 10% rather than investing it into Amazon or Staples and no offense against Amazon or Staples there, you know, they got to where they got and that's great. But if you could invest in a small business near you and get those same products and maybe better service, because to be honest, 
I personally love to go to go to small businesses. I always get to meet the owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trust me, nobody's going to care about that sandwich <laughs> the way that the owner cares about that right, sandwich. Right. Uh, and so really think about how can you kind of divert some of the funds that you're already spending to local businesses and challenge yourself to grow that number every year. Mm-hmm. I did that personally in my own life, in my own home with what I buy and what I purchase. And it's been pretty groundbreaking to realize that I don't have to spend extra money. I'm already spending this money. I'm already buying these things. Right. So how can I challenge myself to make sure I'm investing locally? Okay. For minority owned people who are thinking about starting a business, I would say, try it. Don't be scared. And also, you know, don't be scared, but also be wise. The wisdom is really important. Find mentors, ask around, ask friends, Google, uh, really get, make sure that you have all of the information that you need so that you're setting yourself up for success. There's so many ways to be successful and to define that success for ourselves. And honestly, there are so many of us that are kind of tired of the way that the system is. And I think it's time for us to recreate the system then and figure out what it means to be our own bosses and, and take control a little bit. Yeah. And for me, I would say, for the employers, um, there's so many different types of opportunities. Sponsorship and mentorship are huge, yes. hugely important, and making yourself available to that in addition to the purchasing Absolutely. Um, power. And Absolutely. I think your list is a really great idea. Uh, there's lots of opportunities to diversify, and you just have to think about that differently. I think for people who are thinking about starting a business, I would say, do your research. There are so yes. many organizations like yours, like e for all um, that really support people who are in that small business development and talk to people who have done it. Right. Um, and just find out all of the things and really come up with a solid plan because mm-hmm. planning will make a world all of the difference. difference. <laughs> A world of difference. A world of difference. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a treat. And for anybody who is interested um, in starting a business, how do they get in touch with eForAll? Yeah, eforall.org or eparatodos.org. Where our website is also completely in Spanish and our, so is our accelerator. We're fully in Spanish, which is fantastic. So we can reach that many more uh, people in our communities. Uh, either one. That is fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Uh, This has been an illuminating conversation. Hopefully, it's been an illuminating conversation for you as well. I want to thank you for joining us in the Business of Race podcast today, where we have been able to fully address another issue and make you a little bit more effective in addressing diversity in the workplace. We ask that you subscribe and follow us. Just hit that button below. And we'll see you next week in the conference room. Take care.